Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have an interesting gospel passage today as Jesus has this encounter with this man whom he delivers from many demons. And encounters like this throughout the gospel are meant to show the disciples and to show us that Jesus is who he says he is. That he has power and authority over evil, over sin, and ultimately we'll see that he has power over death. And so we have these different encounters that happen throughout Jesus' earthly ministry that are meant to give us testimony and assurance that Jesus has the power to do what he says he came to do. And as he encounters this man, we hear he's in a pretty bad state since he is naked, living among the tombs, shackled because of these many spirits that possess him. And what we see is essentially the rest of society has found a way to deal with it. And they're okay with the fact that, you know, he's oppressed, but as long as he stays over there in the tombs and chained up, uh, at least they know how to deal with it. And Jesus comes onto the scene, and immediately the heart of God is to set him free, which is the heart of Jesus for all of us, to deliver us all from evil and sin and death, and to set us free. And he has this encounter then with the man, and this conversation that goes on with, with the demons, who don't want to be cast into the abyss and say, well, uh, send us into that large herd of swine over there. And we probably think, well, this is kind of strange. Um, but there's a lot going on here because what we see right the, in these images, you have a man who lives among the tombs unclean. You have Jesus in the midst of this swine herd, unclean. And ordinarily, according to the law, the understanding was if you touch these unclean things, you then become unclean. But throughout the gospel, what we see is when Jesus touches the unclean, they're made clean. The opposite of what people would expect would happen. And Jesus is in a place right now where all of the respected rabbis would say, no good Jew should go to the tombs and the pigs. Stay far away from there. But in going to the one who is unclean, Jesus does not become unclean himself, but the unclean are made clean. The possessed are set free. The sick are healed. That we see time after time. That's what happens for each and every single one of us. 
And then these demons are cast out, and we know that this guy, uh, it's not just one demon that's, that's tormenting this guy. Because right in the name they say we are legion because we're many. Some of the commentators would say, well, you'd have to go and calculate how many thousands of troops made up a Roman legion, and is it a reference to that? Nobody's for sure, but it's more than one. And we're told the demons go into a large herd of pigs. So it's not like two or three. So, you know, this shows really, look how much power Jesus has over evil. That the multitude of demons that have oppressed this guy, Jesus drives out. Now, why the whole thing with the pigs, I have no idea. I can't figure it out. Uh, but what we see is an urgency of Jesus to set him free. And that's what's important. Jesus desires to set this man free. And whatever it takes in the circumstances he has right now, he makes it happen. Because it's urgent that this guy is delivered. And so this guy is set free as these demons are cast out. And then as happens in many of the scripture uh, gospel passages, I would hope that it would say, and then all of the people of the town were rejoicing because this man had been set free. And they all said, come from the surrounding towns and see what Jesus can do for you. But that's not how it happens. And often that's not how it happens. Jesus intervenes, and what happens is their comfortable way of life that they knew with the possessed guy in the cemetery who was chained up, everything is disrupted. And they say, well, this is pretty scary. How about you just move along to the next town and we'll pretend like you were never here. We'll never talk about this again. And we... We chuckle a little bit, I think, but I, I caution that we have to ask, well, most of us would desire to see the power of God at work in such a dramatic way. And then if we actually see it, what's our response? I think we too are pretty terrified when we come to understand the power of God. And then what happens is when Jesus works in our own lives, our lives are disrupted. Because as the Spirit changes us and transforms us, then things we may have wanted to do or things we might have wanted to say, Jesus now moves us to a different place. And we much rather be comfortable in what we know than in the fear of the unknown. Which is what these people were saying, like, well, this was bad, but at least we knew that. This is like a whole crazy unknown, and what will happen next? And in our own life when God works, I think we have to watch that our response is not the same as that, which by default I think it is. We think, well, my life may be messed up now, but at least I know how to deal with this. If God starts messing it all up, who knows what it's going to look like? and what I'll do then. And then we are not in control. Even though we're not really in control, here's the secret, we're not really in control as much as we like to think that we are. But when Jesus starts to mess with it, people get uncomfortable. And then 
This man desires to stay with Jesus. But Jesus gives him an assignment. He says, go to your home and tell all that God has done for you. And off he went, proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus had done for him. And this assignment that this man was given is the same assignment that's given to each and every single one of us. And whenever the topic of talking about faith comes up, many people get really nervous. And I hear the same fears from people, well, you know, I don't have that crazy of a story, or what if I get asked this question that I can't answer, and I don't have all of the Bible verses memorized, and I'm not an expert, and maybe you have some of those things on your list as to why you hope people don't ask you any questions. Uh, but all God says is go and tell people what God has done for you. It doesn't say you have to have a certain uh, threshold of a story. It doesn't have to beat your neighbor's testimony in order for you to have anything to share. God just says, go about your life and with the people you encounter, tell them what Jesus has done for you. What does your faith mean for you? And we all have something that we would say, or I would challenge you wouldn't be sitting here every week. You'd be somewhere else, or still in bed. But we're here because we come knowing God's done something for us that brings us back. And that's all we're asked to share. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to memorize the whole Bible. You can tell people, I don't know the answer to your question. All I know is this is what I've seen God do in my life. Come and see what He'll do in yours. That's the invitation. And then we need to be prepared that when God acts, it's going to disrupt the status quo in our lives and in others. And there'll be an unknown, but we have to trust that God's known is better than our known. And we have to trust where God is leading us as He changes and transforms us. So today at this Eucharist, we gather to give thanks to God for the work that Jesus has already done in your life and in mine. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will strengthen us to go and to be able to share that with others. And then invite them to come to Jesus and see. To allow them to be healed and changed and transformed and set free from their bonds and shackles. That they might be raised as well from death to life. That's the gift that's been given to us. And with boldness, may the Holy Spirit lead us to share that with whoever is willing to listen. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for the work of your Son, Jesus, in each of our lives. We thank you for our transformation, for our freedom, for our new life. And we pray that our lives might be lived to your honor and glory and might be a testimony to others that the whole world might come to know you, to be healed, to be set free, and to receive new life. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.